In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius. So Joseph went, went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available to, for them. And, while, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heaven, heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told, that, what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Thanks, Becca. Um, if you can keep that part of God's word open, we're going to spend some time thinking about uh, that passage, but in particular thinking about the shepherds. Um, but I want to start by asking, how do you go at opening presents? Do you have a style that you open your presents with? Um, are you uh, a ripper? Like fingernails get in there and you just pull it apart as quickly as possible to see what the gift contains. Any rippers here? Any people? That's how they do it? Yep, quite a few, mostly men. Uh, yep, that's right. Lucy is appalled that there might be such people. Uh, are you a guesser? Do you pick it up, shake it, look at the size, sniff it maybe? Listen, uh, try and guess what's inside the gift. Is that any guesses here? Any people who do that? Yeah, Wayne, good one, nice. Um, are you a peeler? Uh, right, straight away, I haven't even, haven't even explained this one. Uh, you slowly remove the tape and uh, unwrap the paper and you're very careful not to, to rip or soil the paper at all because you're totally going to use that wrapping paper again in the future. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. There's a special category of people that I'm yet to talk about. Uh, I, I don't know many. I know a few. Are you a non-opener? If someone gives you a gift, uh, do you smile and say thank you uh, and then open it later? Uh, you are nervous about opening gifts in front of people uh, because if you open it in front of them, you can't hide your reaction. <laughs> so to avoid all embarrassment... Uh, you settle for opening it later, on your own, where no one can hear you scream. <laughs> Are there any non-openers here? 
Oh, maybe autumn, Dave. <laughs> uh, uh, I think the non-openers of the world have worked something out. I think they've worked something really important out. Uh, here's what I think they've worked out. I think they've worked out that giving gifts and receiving gifts is a risky business. It's a risky business because a, a gift is a form of communication between you and the person receiving the gift or the person giving it and you, and it tells you something about that relationship, doesn't it? Uh, it tells you how well that person knows you. It tells you uh, how much you mean to them. It tells you how much time and thought and effort they might have gone into preparing or, or choosing a gift for you. Uh, and so uh, giving and receiving of gifts can lead to all sorts of emotions for us. Uh, some of them are good uh, and some of them are not so good. Uh, in this passage from Luke chapter 2, we see shepherds. The shepherds there, they go on this emotional roller coaster as they receive from God the first Christmas gift. Uh, and by following how they're feeling in this passage, we can discover how Christmas is actually good news of great joy. Uh, how Christmas can be the best gift ever if we see how the shepherds are feeling and why they're feeling what they're feeling. Now, at first, the shepherds, the first feeling they uh, experienced was one of overwhelming terror. Now, have a look there in uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 9. Uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Uh, notice there, it doesn't say that they were a little bit nervous. Uh, it doesn't say that they felt uneasy or anxious. It says they were utterly terrified. Uh, these shepherds, they're scared out of their minds, uh, which is a little bit surprising for us because uh, the angels that we see on Christmas cards maybe look a little bit something like this guy here. You know, like a chubby baby with wings, maybe a halo on their head. Uh, the angel that appears to the shepherds, the shepherds don't go, oh, how cute. No, the angel appears and they are scared stiff. Uh, maybe, um, you know, uh, they're not quite sure of what's going on. An angel visiting you at night in a field, it's a bit outside the normal human experience. Uh, but more precisely, we're told why they're scared. Uh, we're told in the passage that it says, the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. The glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. See, it's not just the angels that are the issue here. It's the glory of the Lord that has the shepherds trembling in their sandals. And that's because consistently in the Bible, whenever anyone comes even vaguely close to God, the God of all the universe, they are utterly terrified. Because they are then overwhelmed by their own insignificance. Because they are then brought acutely aware of their own sense of sinfulness. Uh, they're filled with a feeling of uh, unworthiness to be in God's presence. And so these shepherds, shepherds, when they see the angel, uh, when they see the glory of the Lord on display, when they catch a glimpse of God's perfect holiness, they become acutely aware of how imperfect they are. They know that they have no business being anywhere near a God like this. Have you ever turned up somewhere uh, and uh, you've kind of scanned the room and immediately realized that you are not dressed appropriately for the situation? Has that ever happened to you? Uh, Finn's putting his hand up, yep. Uh, uh, back in 2015, uh, the British race car driver Lewis Hamilton, uh, he had just sealed his fifth uh, Formula One World Championship title. Uh, he was the best driver of a generation, one of the greatest in the history of the sport. He was a household name. Uh, his face was everywhere, all over the UK. Uh, and when you're that good at something, when you win that many championships, you get invited to some pretty special places. 
uh, like you get invited to Wimbledon to watch the final in the Royal Box. Except when Lewis Hamilton turned up to Wimbledon to watch the final in the Royal Box, he was refused entry. Uh, He was turned away because his dress, his clothing, did not meet the standard. It turns out that it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you've achieved, it doesn't matter how many races you've won, it doesn't matter how how many people in this building know your name, you are not getting into the Royal Box at Wimbledon without a jacket and a tie. Uh, No matter how cool you look, Lewis Hamilton, there are no exceptions to that rule. Now, as the glory of the Lord shone around the shepherds, uh, they weren't concerned about their uh, lack of jacket and tie. Uh, They knew that there was a standard from God that they did not meet. They knew that they could not stand in God's presence and they became aware of their sinfulness and their insignificance and that gripped them with fear. Uh, But we might look around the room this morning, we might even uh, look around our city and we might want to compare ourselves to other people. We might think, hey, it's Christmas morning and I'm at church, surely I'm one of the good ones. But put us next to God and all of a sudden we're completely out of our league. Put us next to God and his perfection and it only shows us how imperfect we are. His holiness only shows us how unholy, how sinful we are. And so as the glory of the Lord shone around these shepherds, they were utterly terrified. But the thing is, they don't stay terrified in this story. Um, By the time we get to the end, we read that the shepherds, they return glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard. Have a look there in verse 20. Verse 20, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which they had just been told which were as they, just as they were as sorry which were just as they had been told now that's a big turnaround for these guys uh, the reason is because of what they heard from the angels what they heard from the angels there in verse 10 the angel said to them i bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now there's a a lot of things there going on in terms of what the angel is saying, uh, but there's two titles that I want us to focus on. Uh, The first is the Messiah, and the second is the saviour. This baby that is born, he is the Messiah and he is the saviour. Have a look there in verse 11. He is the Messiah, the Lord. That's the one they've come to see. Uh, now, Messiah, in some translations, it's, it's translated as, as Christ, uh, which is just the Greek translation of the same word. Um, Messiah, Christ, it's kind of a technical word. It's kind of like a title or a rank or an office. And it refers to God's chosen king. This is the king that God has promised for hundreds of years beforehand. This is the king that he promised that he would send all through the Old Testament, that he was the king who was promised that would come and deal with sin and bring justice and, and usher in God's kingdom that would never end. And he would establish righteousness for the world. And this king that was going to come, this Messiah, this Christ, was going to be greater than any king who had gone before. This king was going to be a king who was going to be greater than any king who would come after him. He would be an eternal king. Last Sunday, we read in Isaiah chapter 9, We read these words about God's promised Messiah King. We read, Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness 
from that time on and forever. You see this promised King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is here, says the angel. The King of Kings, the Messiah has arrived. And the next thing to notice is why did he come? Verse 11, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. Now, if Messiah is Jesus' title, saviour is his job description. Saviour is what he has come to do. He has come to be a saviour. He has come to save his people. But what has he come to save them from? He's actually come to save them from exactly the sort of fear that gripped the shepherds in the first place. He's come to save them from the fear of being sinful, from the fear of being unworthy to have anything to do with the God of the universe, from from the fear of God's judgment and deserving our deserving punishment because of our rebellion. You see, the angels announced that on the first Christmas day in the town of David, God's king has arrived and he has arrived to save us. To save us from having to be terrified at the glory and greatness of God which is exactly what the angels go on to celebrate in verse 14. Verse 14, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. Are you starting to see what's going on here? Uh, although, as we, as we look at the emotions that the shepherds go through, it's actually taking us to the heart of what Christmas is all about. The shepherds, they began terrified, and rightly so. None of us deserves to be anywhere near the holy and perfect God of the universe. But the Messiah, God's King, has arrived to save us from that fear, to save us from the consequences of our unworthiness. And so the shepherds, they go from terror to joy. They go from terror to joy because Jesus has come to bring us peace, to bring us peace between us and God. Mind you, the peace between us and God, uh, it's not achieved simply by Jesus being born in a little manger. Uh, Jesus' birth is just the start of things. Uh, If you've got some time over this Christmas period, you might want to read through the life of Jesus, right through to his death and resurrection, and see how he brings peace. Uh, We've got a a bunch of... uh, Books up the back called Essential Jesus. They're Luke's Gospel. Uh, Maybe uh, if over this Christmas period you want to take some time to read through that. And as you read through, you discover how Jesus grew to a man and he voluntarily laid down his life on the cross. And as he does that, he takes the punishment that we deserve because we can't stand in the presence of God in all his glory. You see, what Jesus was doing there as he dies on that cross is he's substituting himself for those who follow him. He goes to the cross to take our punishment in our place, to give us a fresh start, to pay our debt to God. A few years back, I read in the paper that um, there were people doing random acts of kindness at Christmas. Uh, What they were doing is they were going into Kmart and they were paying off the lay-by accounts of complete strangers. Do they still do lay-by these days? No? Lay-by? Is that like, I'm going to need a whole bunch of blank faces. Essentially, you go up to the shop and you say, like, can I have the stuff and I'll pay you later? And they're like, yeah, sure. Um, And so people going in and paying those accounts for people. And then these people, would they didn't know about it. They then turn up to the shop later on in the year to pay their debt. And the shopkeeper would say, oh, there's nothing left to pay. Just take the items. Your debt has been paid by someone else. Uh, It's what Jesus came to do. He paid our debt on the cross. 
That was the good news that the shepherds received that first Christmas day. That God's Messiah, the Saviour, had come and their terror turns to joy. And they leave praising God in celebration because peace with God is now possible. This is good news of great joy. Uh, But the thing is that this can totally transform our perspective when we realise this. Uh, It can turn our fear of God into joy in his presence. You see, Jesus, he changes our perspective of God. Um, I've got a picture for you of a mountain. Uh, This is uh, Cradle Mountain in Tasmania. Uh, It's pretty spectacular. Um, I've climbed it twice, uh, but both of the two times I've climbed it were completely different experiences. Uh, I I approached the mountain with completely different perspective. Uh, There was one time that Adele and I climbed it in summer. Uh, It was a quick day trip. We were in shorts and T-shirts and one small bag between us. And from that perspective of just setting out from the car park at the bottom of the mountain, it was an exciting adventure. We're up in good time. Uh, We ate our lunch at the top. We enjoyed the view. Uh, I've got a photo of us up the top, out of focus, to prove that it was there. We were there. Um, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a joyful day. The other time I tried to climb it, I had a completely different perspective of the mountain. Uh, the, set, the first time I tried to climb it, it was actually uh, after six days of tramping through the Tasmanian wilderness. We arrived at the mountain. We'd covered 100 kilometres in rain and snow with heavy packs on our back. And we were weary and we were uh, weighed down. And from that perspective, we looked up at the mountain and we weren't thinking um, this would be a great sunny adventure. We weren't thinking about how spectacular that looked. The only thing we could think about as we looked at the mountain was the weight in our packs and the pain in our legs and wondering how on earth would we ever get up there? How on earth would we ever scale this mountain? And so you know what? We didn't. We didn't bother. We just walked past to get home. Depending on where we've come from, we can look at this mountain with completely different perspective. Now, when we meet Jesus, he alters our perspective. You see, if we come face to face with the glory of God, of his greatness, of his goodness, of his holiness, if we're carrying a load of sin on our back, And if we've been carrying it for years and years and years, then the glory and greatness of God is not good news. His holiness, his righteousness, his justice, it's terrifying when we realize how unworthy we are to stand in his presence, that we cannot scale that mountain. But if we have unloaded the sin, if we have met Jesus our Saviour, if we've let him take it for us, if we've received the peace that he offers by taking our sin for us on the cross, then suddenly when we come into the presence and the glory of God, it is something to be marveled at and something to be enjoyed. It's something to be celebrated and praised because in Jesus we are safe. In Jesus we have peace. So rather than be fearful of God, now God can be a joyful part of our life. Guiding us, helping us, strengthening us, no matter what we are going through. We can approach God with a delightful confidence. Confidence that he has done everything so that our future is bright and secure. Now these shepherds, they went on a bit of a roller coaster of emotions and Christmas can be an emotional roller coaster for a lot of us. 
So I don't know how you're feeling about your Christmas day. I don't know whether you're happy or sad or somewhere in between or just oscillating between the two all day. Uh, Whatever it is you're feeling, come and see what these shepherds felt on that first Christmas day. Because what they felt takes us to the real meaning of Christmas. That Jesus has come. Peace with God is possible. Because at Christmas we remember that in the town of David, a saviour has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And those shepherds, they went from rightly being afraid to praising God and rejoicing. They had found lasting joy and peace in Jesus. And this Christmas, we can too. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, we thank you for the way that it speaks of Jesus, the Messiah, the Saviour. Lord, we thank you that he has come to save us, to take the burden of sin off our back, so that our fear might turn to joy in your presence. And Lord, we thank you uh, that we can celebrate this together this Christmas Day. And Lord, help us to have a delightful confidence in your presence, knowing that Jesus has saved us, knowing that Jesus has been given to us as the greatest Christmas gift. And Lord, we pray all these things in his name. Amen. Please stand as we sing.